0: Hello and welcome to How I Got Here, a podcast series which investigates how successful people in Luxembourg have made it to where they are today. From candid stories about their journey to advice for young aspiring talent, I hope that by doing these interviews we will inspire listeners to see the stories behind the success. Today I am joined in the studio by the BMX flat land riding world champion Vicky Gomez. He is an absolute legend in his sport and has won the title of European X Games champion multiple times he's also won the title of world champion we're lucky enough to have him here in the studio as i hope to uncover some of the stories from his journey and find out the secret to his success hello vicky and welcome to the show thank you for taking the time to sit down with us is it true that vicky is not your real name
1: uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Vicky comes from Vicky the Viking. So when I was 14 years old, I started to write with my friends. I have very, very long hair. Mm-hmm. So they say I look like these Vicky the Viking <laughs> cartoons that are, are pretty famous in Spain. And then, you know, my name is Jorge, but when I went to compete to the U.S., they couldn't pronounce my name. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be called George because it's not my real name. And then it just became Vicky as an artistic name and stays like that since then. <laughs>
0: Cool. So you're from Spain,
1: right? Madrid.
0: You're from Madrid. Okay. And what brings you to Luxembourg?
1: Well, I met uh, my wife seven years ago. Okay. We, um, we both met in Copenhagen and uh, through through the company of Red Bull. I'm a sponsor by Red Bull, and she worked yeah. for Red Bull in Sweden, and then we met there. And then she told me she's from Luxembourg, and then uh, but she was living in Sweden, and then I I follow her through her studies, and mm-hmm. then she decided to move to Luxembourg and then I moved with her because I can pretty much live any, anywhere in the world as long as there is an airport nearby because that's all I need for, to make my job. Yeah.
0: Did you know about Luxembourg before you came here?
1: Well, I know when I study what is the Benelux. And, yeah. Uh, and I knew Luxembourg, there is some Spanish story that it belonged to Spain at some point. Yeah. Because of some kingdoms and stuff. But uh, I I didn't know much, honestly.
0: But you were just willing to follow her.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> all what mattered, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um So you mentioned that it's as long as there's an airport, you can do your job. Why is that?
1: Well, I travel about to 60 to 80 events per year in, mm-hmm. uh, in about... 20 to 30 countries per year. And then, uh, so pretty much uh, two, three weekends uh, a month, I'm out, mm-hmm. I'm outside somewhere in some event in the world. So that's what I mean. I, I need just an airport to to be able to, to travel. And Luxembourg is perfect. <laughs> yeah.
0: And when you travel to these places, is it just work or do you have time also to visit the country?
1: Well, it's <clears throat> thanks to my sponsors. Let's say they are... When I travel to whatever country, the the Red Bull usually is my main sponsor. So the people are locals in that country. Mm-hmm. So I always come one day before, and they always show me the real stuff because they they're locals. So they want to show me how the real country. So I I I do a lot of real traveling. I would say not not just five star hotel and yeah. and. and, and and the event. I, I get to see the real stuff. and That's, that's good. really
0: good because some artists don't have that opportunity. They just see the inside of a hotel room.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but thanks to, to meeting real locals, then it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so for the listeners who don't know, can you explain what BMX flat riding is, please?
1: Well, everybody knows what a BMX flatland bike is. is We all had one when we were kids. So I I never changed my bike. Mm -hmm. And basically what we do is uh, tricks on the flat ground. That's why it's called Mm flatland. And the most important ingredients that you need to have is imagination Mm -hmm. and uh, creativity. So you, because it's infinity, the possibilities we can do. So you can actually create and invent whatever you want to do. So it's, it's a lot of freedom. And uh, it's, it's all about having fun and meeting friends and, and expressing yourself.
0: There's loads of really cool videos um, on your Instagram. So if people want to check it out, your Instagram page, is that Vicky Gomez? Uh,
1: BMX, yeah, BMX. Vicky Gomez BMX.
0: Okay, so yeah, yeah. check that out because there's loads of cool videos on there oh, um, <laughs> of you. Yeah, really, really nice. So you started BMX at the age of 14. Right. How did it begin?
1: Well, I was in, in Madrid mm-hmm. uh, with my regular BMX bike, and there is a big park in the center of Madrid. It's called Retiro Park. And mm-hmm. I passed by and I saw around 30 to 40 guys riding BMX on, on the flat ground. Mm. And it looked like a lot of fun. And And I actually didn't know that you can do this sport, I thought it was something from the movies, you know, like yeah. BMX Bandits or Rad, yeah. movies from the 80s. And then I, I just became friends with them. Uh, I mean, I, I asked if I can hang out with them. And then since then, many of them are my best friends until today.
0: Um, and when you first started, what did your parents say? What did, you th- what did your parents think of you know, this sport?
1: Well, first uh, they say it's too expensive because the bikes were made in the USA. Mm-hmm. So the, the prices were so expensive, like maybe almost 2000 euros for one bike. So mm. I have to start piece by piece. And they, no they really liked that I have a a hobby mm-hmm. and they they were really happy because they they you know it's it's good that you when you're a teenager you have some occupation because it's very easy to get distracted by doing stupid things and That's I think true. they were happy that I, I had something at that moment.
0: And what about when you told them you wanted to do it professionally?
1: Well I actually li- I lied to them cuz I have to finish <laughs> my last year of high school. Yeah. And then I just I, I was always good student, so I, I told I told them like listen, I want to get better grades, so I'm I'm gonna make this year again next year. Okay. And I never came back. So I used the summer. We have a world championships in Spain. Yeah. So I I, I if I win the world championship it was like my passport to become pro and then I won that contest and then you know, they were a little bit like, Okay, maybe you are good in your bike and mm-hmm. But they were like, you have to study. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I will study, <laughs> but I, I never study. So at the end, they supported me. I mean, I was yeah. really, really lucky. But know. it was a
0: risk because, you know, if it didn't work, then they would have said, you you know, you, you didn't come back and study.
1: Yeah, but I told them, give me one year to prove that I can make it to professional. And yeah. then uh, I went to the US and I was in the top 10. So, I mean, they realized like, okay, it's, it's enough. I can make enough money being top 10 to pay my next flight uh, for the competition. So they, no, they were really supportive. My, my dad less, because he comes from Chile. Mm-hmm. And in, in South America, if you don't study, you don't have a career, you will not get anything good. Yeah. But in my case, was was different.
0: It's hard for young people who have dreams. I think one of the most common themes um, of the people that we interview is that the parents, because of the generation gap, mm. they don't understand that or they don't appreciate that you don't always have to do it by the book to become successful. That's a big obstacle for a lot of people, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to be also strong and, and know what you want to do, mm-hmm. regardless of your parents. And, and in my case, I was, I was, I was lucky that they, I mean, they didn't kick me out from the home, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that was enough. If I have a place to stay and I can write and I can prove myself.
0: So do you think it was the moment when you won the USA Top 10 that your parents realized, OK, he's good?
1: I mean, I went to the US in 2000 and I was Top 10 and there was, they were doubting. But it was in 2001 when they did the X Games in Europe. And yeah. then I won in Barcelona. And the, I remember the first price was like $6,000. Uh, uh, yeah. In that moment, it was for our coin, uh, pesetas. It yeah. was one million of pesetas. So I remember calling, I remember calling my parents saying, I won one million of pesetas, you yeah. know, and then they, since then they were like, okay, they were like, okay, okay, do what. Keep do doing, what, yeah. Yeah, keep, keep writing, <laughs> it's good, it's good, you know?
0: <laughs> Do you have siblings?
1: Uh, yeah, I have two uh, step brother and step sister. Yeah, uh, much older than me. Okay.
0: And what do they think of your career?
1: Well, I think they are still in, uh, in still shocked <laughs> about. Do you uh, think? Yeah, I mean it's so unusual and uh, yeah uh, and yeah they I mean even for me, I I couldn't expect that sixteen years after two thousand the X Games era that yeah. my sport is even more recognized now than back then yeah so for me it's even uh, surprised that how how i can make a living on on bmx better now than 16 years ago even if we were in espn all over the world
0: mm-hmm. is it part of the olympic games
1: uh no it's not part of the olympic games do you and
0: think it will be
1: uh, they're trying to but you know the the olympic uh, committee or the uci they they want to change the sport mm-hmm. so because they know the young people have more interest watching action sports than regular sports nowadays. But if they want to have BMX freestyle as an Olympic uh, thing, they want want to change the game. And then this, I don't know if we want to change the game. Because then they have
0: to put rules on it and then things will change, of course. So you started obviously really young. And what do you think about people that discover BMX a bit later on? Do you think that they have less of a chance to become professional?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the younger you start a sport is the best. Yeah. But this is, is never late. Like I know many Japanese, uh, In my sport in Japan is super big. Mm-hmm. And there are guys who started very late. But because of their commitment, they managed to become pro and, and top in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, everything is, is possible, I think.
0: What do you think it is about you that, To have the confidence to say to your parents, you know, give me one year to prove myself. How were you so sure that you were good enough?
1: Well, uh, what I was sure that going to high school was not going to take me anywhere and I felt I was wasting time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have this feeling of wasting time is a really bad feeling that I felt inside of me. Mm -hmm. So I just had to be honest and say, listen, I cannot keep doing this and and I got to do something else. And I mean, I thought I was going to work and write. Mm-hmm. But I managed to, to be good in competitions and get money from competitions. But in the beginning, I thought, okay, I'm not going to study. I'm just going to find a job, uh, like a half, uh, half-time job mm-hmm. and, and write. But then I managed to to make full-time <laughs> writing time. Yeah.
0: You're not the first um, successful person that we've interviewed who says that they have this feeling that they hate wasting time. Mm. Do you still feel like that sometimes?
1: Yeah, I mean... Let's say sometimes even in my career, there are things that I don't like to do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you think, oh, I should do this for, you know, keep good relations or whatever. But I decided, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. I mean, you should really do what is worth it because the the time you waste, you're not going to get it back. Mm -hmm. That's a problem.
0: So let's go back to the beginning. You started at 14 and then you started entering competitions. You were doing very well. Your parents very happy. You won money and that bought you your next ticket and you kept going. When did you become picked up by a sponsor and when did it become kind of really global and you got attention for it? When did that start?
1: Well, already in 2000, there is a big uh, bike company that Mm. was the first one to sponsor me and pay trips. And Mm -hmm. then in 2002, I won a big competition made by Red Bull. Mm -hmm. That was like uh, the biggest competition in our sport. And Mm -hmm. then I won it. And six months later, Red Bull called me. And, you know, I thought it was just like another sponsor, you know. Sponsors come and go. But actually, when I had the meeting, they were like, we will support you your whole career and even after so I was like, wow, like, this is this is really nice. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, a sponsor that you get a t-shirt and you wear it for one year and mm-hmm. never yeah. see that person <laughs> again, you know? Yeah. So since then, yeah, since 2003, I've been sponsored by Red Bull. And then they, yeah, I, I can say they really gave me wings to, <laughs> to, fly. <laughs> to, to fly and uh, achieve my dreams. Yeah. It's, 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 more than, it's more than a company, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's more like a family and... And they really believe in doing good things for the world. And I became an ambassador of the brand now. Okay. So They
0: really take care of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I really take care of them because yeah. of uh, my gratitude, you know. Yeah. And uh, because of them, I, w- I could say that my sport is alive because of them. Yeah. Because they, they, they saw the potential in sports that nobody saw. Yeah. And then they, they support these sports and the people. And that's why we can make a living of what we do. Mm-hmm. So that's great.
0: Even though it is flat land riding, there are obviously dangers because it is an extreme sport,
1: isn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, Did that fear ever get in your way or were you always fearless?
1: Well, no, it's true. I mean, but fear is something that you have to deal with. And uh, if if you have fear, you need Mm. to overcome it. That's the dangerous part. So anytime I feel like, okay, this trick is a bit dangerous, or then something inside of me says like, okay, you actually have to do it to, to prove to yourself that you can overcome mm-hmm. that fear. So fear is just, uh, it's part of the game, but you have to be careful too. You you need to make a difference between being brave and being stupid. So yeah. you need to know when you can push a little bit more to achieve a trick yeah. and when to slow down so you don't get injured. And But regardless, sometimes you get injured. Like I broke my two ribs uh, three months ago. Mm. It came from nowhere. It was pretty much like uh, not a very difficult trick. It was just uh, it's something
0: just some that you're used to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It just this happens sometimes. Yeah. Or, but it's still, I I you have to keep on regardless. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're 35 and that's very young, but as with many professional sports, there can be an age where people are expected to hang their bikes up, as they say. Um, what's the age for BMX and how do you feel about it personally?
1: Well, uh, in particularly in, in BMX flatland, is a sport where the, the older you get, the better you get. And this I didn't know, but there are many Japanese riders mm. who are over 40, 45, and they are actually better than many young people because okay. they have all the experience. So I think my sport is a little bit like a martial art. So they say the older you get, you uh, the better you mm-hmm. get yeah. and, and you become a master of your bike so you can actually make tricks and, uh, and movements that are so difficult, but are actually effortless. Okay. This is what you master with experience. So you can actually be the best in the world doing things that no one can do, but it yeah. actually doesn't give you any effort for your body. So
0: that's very interesting. It's a little
1: bit like dancing. You know okay. like dancers yeah. become better with age. Yeah. And uh it's it's a little bit like this.
0: Yeah. Especially because I watched this um this flamenco dance show,
2: right?
0: And they were saying that um, they don't they don't allow women under the age of thirty five or thirty mm. to perform in that show because they believe that you need a certain age and a certain experience in order to be creative with it. Okay. And I'm guessing it's the same with the riding, you know, because you said it's something creative, you need the tools to know, you know, what to do. And that comes from experience. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Like at the end, in our sport experience is everything. So mm-hmm. more years riding means more, more, more wisdom. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, in flamenco, I know that is it's actually uh, the mother of my friends. She was awarded last year as the best dancer in the world, and she's... I think, 70 now. Oh, wow. And she retired, but she got the prize of, like, best dancer. And she was doing shows worldwide until two years ago. Okay. With, with 69 years old. So I believe that what she does, no, uh, and, uh, uh, young people can do. Yeah. So. But
0: it's so nice for you that, unlike other sports, you know, I feel like with other sports, that everyone knows that there's a ticking... Clock that will say, okay, your time is up. But with you, it's not like that. With yeah, because sport. we
1: don't have many injuries. But in in the other disciplines of BMX, like yeah. the street or or park, that yeah. is on, on the skate park, they they have a lot of uh, crashes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they need to operate shoulders or they break bones. So obviously, that their time on the bike is is much shorter. Yeah. So in in that sense, I'm I'm pretty lucky, and that's why I think with age thirty five, I'm still still riding. Yeah better and i feel my body and my everything is better than 15 years ago mm-hmm. that's the funny part you know
0: yeah apart from riding do you do we have anything else to look forward to from you
1: well yeah i do a lot of uh things uh, let's say positive things to promote bike riding mm-hmm. worldwide and try to give a good message and encourage people to ride bicycles not not only to encourage people to ride BMX flatland, but in general to people to see the positive sides of riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the first thing is like you save money in gasoline and, yeah. and the second that is good for your health. And then- Yeah, if, you rode
0: your bike into the studio today, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. with
1: minus seven, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I live in Limpersburg so it's so stupid to uh, drive a car yeah. and be 30 minutes in the car and trying to find a parking here. And uh, I came by bike in seven minutes, so...
0: What do you think of the way Luxembourg, the routes are? Do you think it's, okay, it's good for bikes or you, you well, think I, they could improve?
1: Yeah, they could improve a lot yeah. because there are not enough bike roads. And I think the cars are, are not... They are not aware that when you overtake a, a, a biker, yeah. you need to have a distance that is almost like your car size. Oh, okay, yeah. And they come so close to you. So sometimes I go in the pavement because yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't trust the cars. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I go in the pavement and I take care. And it's, but I still go by bike. I don't care. But they should do more bike roads and mm-hmm. more laws for the for the cars who don't respect these these things.
0: What about life in Luxembourg? Do you how do you feel about living here? And why did your wife choose to live here?
1: Well, she chose to live here because she, she's from Luxembourg and she never lived here. She grew up uh, in Sweden 18 years and then studied abroad 14 years and she wanted to live in the country where she's from. Mm-hmm. And then the, she moved here and then, uh, as I said, I, I moved with her because I can't live anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I, I really like Luxembourg, you know, for me has been, uh, have, I've been here now five years. Mm-hmm. It's been very positive in all terms. Um, yeah. Of course lifestyle is not uh, is not the same as in Madrid Yeah. Um, but in a way it's good for me to be more focused in my career like there is not a lot of party and and, yeah. and stuff so it's, it's good to focus and be more uh, less distracted of 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 party and stuff like this but i think to be honest in 5 years the country has changed a lot. And yeah. I, when I came here compared to what is now, is really improving a lot. In it's changing
0: all the time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I noticed like new restaurants, new concepts. Yeah. Everything develops so quickly here. And more,
1: more open-minded people yeah. and young. Because and, when I moved here, it felt pretty old, you mm-hmm. know, like, only, like old school style, you know. Yeah. And, and now, like you say, it's young and more, more uh, alternative and that's, that's cool.
0: Is there um, a BMX flatland riding scene here, do you think? Like, if people are interested here, do you have any advice? What can they do?
1: Well, there is one one guy called yeah. Jan. He's, he's maybe 18. He started to ride because he saw me in Rockefeller making okay. a show, and he's pretty good, actually. Yeah. But uh, and then there are BMX riders who do street. Yeah. Like this, there are quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but we don't meet very often because of the distances and like, for example, I practice in the morning and yeah. most of them, they have to study or work, but there is a, there is a BMX in here and, but the problem is the weather, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. So like, for instance, I, I practice in Trier. My yeah. My friend, he, he owns a skate park. Yeah. It's called a, a support it was an okay. old supermarket and they kind of occupied it and pulled ramps and street things and it's for bikes and skates. So, so that's I,
0: somewhere people could go if they wanted to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Okay. So I go there in the winter and when it's bad weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, every day, pretty much. I go to Trier to practice because I, I have the keys of the skate park. So I'm very lucky to have a place like this.
0: That you can keep going to. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess there, there are more and more BMX riders uh, in Luxembourg. But uh, now the fashion in BMX is to ride a street. Okay. It's the discipline that you... It's similar to flatland, yeah. but they use the obstacles in the street. Like um, what obstacles? Like stairs or handrails. Okay. Or like, uh, yeah, small, small gaps. Yeah. And <coughs> it makes sense because when, like when I started to ride flatland, we were a big crew of people. Mm-hmm. We were like 30 riders, you know. But now Flatland is is difficult to find riders, so they decide to ride a street because then they can go together in a crew. Mm -hmm. Because this is a little bit what BMX is about. It's like you make your own crew, group of friends, and then you all, you know, you have an identity with them and then you go together to ride and to party and this is a lifestyle what's know? the
0: imp- what, what is the importance of having a crew you know why can you not do this alone or why is it better to do it as a team
1: i think the if you make a crew is like you said you create a lifestyle and you find identity mm-hmm. that's that's the most important because that's what bmx is all about it's a little bit of you It's a rebel against society, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have a boss. You, you have your crew and then you do whatever you want with your bike, whatever you want. So this is, this is where you find your freedom and, and you know, you, be, you become a rebel mm-hmm. that way.
0: One of the cool things is that through social media we can actually look up all the things that you've just spoken about. We can just type into the internet and see. Do you think that social media like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter has helped your sport kind of develop faster because people can get in touch with people more easily and people can see videos more easily. Do you think that's really helped?
1: Well, it has two sides. I think in a way it helps a lot to connect people worldwide. And then uh, anywhere you go through Instagram, I can say I'm here. And then if I go to Istanbul, the writers will come and watch my show because Mm -hmm. of uh, social media. But in the other side, uh, I think for the creativity point if you see tricks all the time on your phone then you know then you don't go outside and create something new because like we didn't have uh, cell phones when i was a teenager we only have magazines so we need to wonder how this guy is doing this trick so the wondering you know improve our imagination and creativity because
0: everything you see is still isn't it yeah then
1: we see one guy doing one trick but we have no idea of how Um, to do it yeah yeah. and then it it, you have to wonder and by wondering you actually were inventing
0: yeah
1: a new trick that maybe was original of how to get to that position
0: that's so interesting because I like to write, so I like to read a lot because I think it helps me to write, but sometimes I come across a problem where I read so much that it limits my creativity because you feel like everything has already been written about.
1: Mm, that's right.
0: Do you not watch many videos because you want to create your own, or what's your opinion about that?
1: Yeah, I, I want to create my own, you know, And but this is something that I have since, because we didn't have social media or we mm. didn't have many videos, and... So um I think um I was very lucky to grow up that way. Yeah. And I think if I I think now maybe the the young people who grew up with uh, cell phones and stuff they're a little bit the victims of too much information. Yeah. So sometimes too much information is not good. Yeah. I think. <laughs>
0: so what advice do you have for young people who are trying to get into the, um this sport?
1: I would say like it's fine to get videos to get inspired, but it's more fun to go outside and ride your bike without any device or tablet or telephone. Mm-hmm. Like, go outside and, and experience the real world by yourself.
0: Okay, so you have to imagine that you get to meet your 18-year-old self. So, 18-year-old Vicky is here. What do you want to tell him?
1: Well, I will tell him the same thing I told to myself back then, which, which was, like, follow what you love to do. Follow yeah. your passion. and And... And I would say the same I said to myself, I didn't want to follow my passion to become professional. I Mm -hmm. just wanted to do it because of, I I love to ride my bike. I never have a goal, like I want to be pro, I want to be the best, you know? It was more purely like, I just want to ride because I love it and I would do whatever it takes to have time to do what I love. Mm -hmm. And by doing this, let's say good things, better things came to my life, so. Yeah, I just do good things and I, I guess life is going to uh, give you good things back for sure.
0: Out of curiosity, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing this?
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually wanted to study philosophy because I'm a, I'm a lot interested in in this and okay. uh, my my mother is um she studied classic uh, Greek and Latin. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a lot of uh, books from Socrates and Platon in my in my in my house. I was Read them since very young age, mm-hmm. so I always was interested in in philosophy, so i I guess I would have a study philosophy and 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 develop something from there
0: okay, cool um, and what would you choose as the soundtrack to your life and why
1: yeah, I would uh, choose the prodigy, yeah, and uh, that song is called Smack my my beats up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is the soundtrack of my life. I mean, it comes from the time when I started to write in 96, but this song is from maybe 98, I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was more like... Uh, this song has everything, you know, like every time I listen to it, I get, like, goosebumps. And uh, okay. for writing, for writing Flawland, is really magic. If you have this song in your headphones and you're writing, this, this song has a lot of things that... Uh, that is still nowadays gives me a lot of inspiration to write.
0: Okay, cool. Thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: and we look forward to seeing what else you'll be doing, especially in Luxembourg. It's really nice to have someone who's so good at their sport here in Thank Luxembourg. You. Yeah, you're very, very inspiring. And I'm sure there's lots of young people who are listening and feel that they can do it too. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. See you soon.
1: Thank you. <laughs>